This is the Power Power Podcast. My name is Sarah of Underground Crowds. We hit Bible topics, smash book studies, punch out some songs here and there, and light up his word to strengthen our souls. Thanks for listening. Um, oh, just over a chapter in the book of Genesis. And so let's pray and then we'll get started. Lord, I pray that um, everything that is not right that I've said yesterday would be forgotten um, upon a further reflection. I ask that you help us um, discover and learn and lean in to the truth that you have laid out before us, but in a real sense, show us the life of Abraham that was very much like ours and we prone to take up things upon ourselves even when we are living for you um, we, t- we tend to rely on our own resources and our own strength and our own intellect to get through and I ask that you help us to um, just restore our confidence in your faithfulness to carry us through even difficult times and difficult seasons and difficulties um, in our circumstances. In Jesus' name, amen. So we're going to start here. Yesterday, I think I mentioned something, Tara and, and, uh, and Abraham and um, not really understanding that it was Tara who took the family up to... Haran, which was still within the Mesopotamian Valley from Ur to Haran, still within the confines of, not sure why, we, the Bible doesn't say why Tara took the whole family up to Haran. Um, um, somewhere in my Bible study, I got that messed up. And so he, this was, this move was instigated um, by Abraham's dad. And they stayed up there. And it's from this place we get the first verse of Genesis chapter 12. So why don't we just read um, 1131 through 12. Uh, and we are going to find the first rabbit trail that Abraham goes off on this path, we are anchored, yesterday we anchored ourselves in this verse, Matthew 8, 11. I say to you that many will come from east and west and recline at the table with Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. That, when we think about the calling of God on our lives, we tend to think, and I did, that that God's going to do the thing right now my way in my understanding. And of course it's going to make sense to me. After all, he um, showed me in his word this that th- this thing is going to happen. Or he put this gifting in my life. It should work out the way I planned it to work out. It should make sense. Um, there's, you know, the for the planners around here, it, it should A and then B should follow and then C should follow that and we should 
we should eventually um, get to what our idea of what the fruition of our gifting and the fruit there thereof and whatever that is the 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 promise that we're leaning on uh, with God um, this should have already happened and I I we need to remind ourselves that um, rarely ever ever I mean in my experience there are a few things i prayed let me back up there are a few things i have prayed boom they've been answered god's spoken to my heart that's but not when it's one of those journey type promises it's these sets of promises and I really identify with Abraham. Um, we'll read in chapter 12 um, this set of promises that Abraham was given by God. Okay? They're kind of, they're not so benign. I mean, they're not so uh, um, nondescript, right? They're pretty specific. They're, they're pretty, um, uh, shall we say, um, definitive, right? Um, there's, we... But we add no wiggle room sometimes to a thing that God adds a little wiggle room to. And wait, and then we get offended. That's the thing. That's the thing we're going to tackle a bit today and in our studying of Abraham is that for people like me that are like, uh, no drama, no drama, we don't do drama, we we're not mm, we're not drama people around here we, we're gonna we know that Abraham found himself in some drama uh, multiple times multiple times most of it had to do with his own choices but God doesn't promise no drama God doesn't promise when he add, adds these set the set of promises to our life no no uh, wiggles no no stretches no refinings no contentions yeah i i i have looked i've looked personally in these pages these here pages for that kind of a promise and they're not there and as someone who is dealing with a set of promises not totally unlike i mean i'm not abraham but it, a set of promises that have not come about. Um, I can say this, that the I will portion of those promises that God has given you is a defining factor. It is his idea, it is his will it is him that will see it through and none of our business how he does does it so let's start uh 11 31 tara took abram his sons just i could just read it how it is that's good we should read the words out of scripture what they say and Lot, the son of Haran, his grandson, and Sarai, his daughter-in-law, his son Abram's wife. And they went out together from Ur of the Chaldeans, Chaldeans in order to enter the land of Canaan. 
Well, they didn't get to the land of Canaan. That is, unless the land of Canaan is still in Mesopotamia. Land of Canaan, I'm not great on math, maps, but land of Canaan. And they went as far as Haran and settled there. The days of Terah were 205 years, and Terah died in Haran. No, no word on why Terah thought he needed to go to Canaan, but we know that, Ab that God called Abram to the land of Canaan. Now we're in verse the chapter 12. Now the Lord said, we read this yesterday, the Lord said to Abram, go forth from your country and from your relatives, these are the sets of promises, and from your father's house to the land which I will show you. And I will, I will, I will. This is four times. And they said three verses. I, I, I'm I'm going to do this. I will. The problem, and I'll keep reading, is that we interject a, I will. Me. Sarah will. Abraham will. Sarai will. I'm going to do that and we'll see this over and over in Abraham's life. I will make you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great. And so you shall be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And the one who curses you, I will curse. Five. And in you, all the families of the earth will be blessed. So he got this massive set of promises. And they had nothing to say, Abraham, you you're you need to do this. Abraham, the responsibility is on you to do this. Abraham, can you please that thing over there? What God requires of us when it comes to His promises for our lives. And this is from experience. Is a steep, steep sense of our incapability to make them come to pass. That's one. So in essence, humility. Two, a resilience against that old enemy who attacks God, God's promises. Maybe they aren't so clear. Maybe you made it up. Maybe this is not really a thing. God in this time, as you're awaiting, is building up a resilience to hold fast to what he has promised. He will not, I, I haven't seen, it hasn't been kind of fast for me, but he will not fail me. Will not, cannot fail me. Three, a prayer life 
that no longer camps around what God can do for me. But a prayer life that in its essence gazes upon what God is doing. When he gives you a set of promises, it's not meant for you to consume. We live in a, and, and I'll, I'll here. We're, we're a consumer, and I just stayed put, right? So he gave me all these promises. I wrapped them all, both arms around those promises and sat down. Because that's what I do. That's, that's what our consumerist culture does. We take, we take, we take, we go to, we, we go to church, we take, we go to grocery store, we take, we go to the movie theater, we take, we go to social media, we take, 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 we, we, we file this recipe under this, we take, we took that, we took that. Um, I think somebody was, um, posting a, a song or something and, and, and I'm sure it was an innocent comment, but I thought someone had said, okay, now you need to make this version for me. And I thought, wow, we are such a take, 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 take culture. But that's not what we're meant to do. Wait, wait. That's not what we're meant to do with these promises. Yes, in a sense, those are for me. I identify with the fact that God is intervening when I do not deserve his intervention in my life. But the goal the goal throughout history, when God intervenes with mankind, it is not for us to take and walk out. It is for us to take and open up and lift back up to him. Otherwise, it's just about me and what I'm going to get out of this thing. See what I mean? So we're going to go on a journey with Abraham, starting at verse 4. So Abram went forth as the Lord had spoken to him, and Lot went with him. Now Abram was 75 years old. He's home. Get in the VW, boys. Let's go. 75 years old. Good for you. 75 years old when he departed from Haran. Abraham took Sarah's wife and Lot his nephew and all their possessions which they had accumulated and the persons which they had accumulated acquired in Haran. Apparently they had slaves. And they set out for the land of Canaan. Thus they came to the land of Canaan. Abraham passed through the land as far as the site of Shechem to the oak of Moray. Now the, now the Canaanite was in the land. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, To your descendants I will give this land. This is key. He parks his RV in the land where the Canaanites dwell as far as the site of Shechem to the Oak of Moray which has something in my research has something to do with teacher and the only reason I bring that up is because that's really interesting how God has given Abraham these promises rubs his hands together so now, as if to say, now it's teaching time. 
I almost guarantee that if you have received a set of promises, it's rub the hands together. Now it's teaching time. And it wasn't for me. I'm going to tell you that right now. And boy, did Sarah fight it. The Lord appeared to Abraham and said, we read that. Then he proceeded from there to the mountain on the east. And this is why this is significant. Your descendants, I will give this land. So he built an altar there to the Lord who had appeared to him. This is verse 7. Appeared to him. Sorry, I'm jumping around. Then he proceeded from there to the mountains on the east of Bethel and pitched his tent with Bethel on the west and Aon on the east. And there he built an altar to the Lord and called upon the name of the Lord. We do not hear. Maybe this is where I'll stop. I'm reading these nice words here. This this wonderful word of God. I don't hear a response from God. After verse some of us will experience a time where God is silent he hasn't left but he's silent that's how you know it's teaching time and he is examining you and me to see what we will do without incentive. You won't get this out of it. Without people around us to motivate us. He's out nowheresville my friends, without God spoon-feeding us our next move. Why? Why does he do that? This is really hard for me to understand in this process. Why, why? He's building in you, in me, resilience, endurance. That despite the darkness, despite feeling, and it's just a feeling because he hasn't gone anywhere, feeling cut off, despite the isolation, We can trust him. Peace out. Again, thanks for listening. Catch the next part of this series, usually Wednesday, Thursday, or Friday. You can also find Underground Crowds on Twitter, Patreon, Bandcamp, or undergroundcrowds.com.